Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. You are a baseball future. You know that? <laughs> Not even. I'm way I'm way nicer than the future. I'm you more like uh, I'm I'd be more along the lines of Derek Jeter than the future. You should do like Derek Jeter. You should have a gift bag for them when they leave. Gift and bag one of the yeah. and one of the things in the gift bag should be I know Russ Dorsey. Mm. There you go. I know Russ Dorsey and that'll uh, help me. Any city I'm in, I see a woman walking around and they're like, oh. Edible arrangement and then uh, the NDA. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. I was going to, we could talk about our Avengers update, <laughs> Lawrence. That's funny. I didn't know there was nothing. Did you not see the text thread? We were going through it. I, um, Where he called you, he said you were definitely Dr. Strange. Okay. Yes, I remember this. <laughs> Tony. I don't understand. Is that, the funny part is, is, I was going to say, so Lawrence was just like, Jason, you're definitely Dr. Strange. And when he said definitely Dr. Strange, I'm like, damn, okay. Because it was funny when Tony said it. I just thought it was funny. But now that two people have said it, Tony, what makes Jason Dr. Strange? Well, he's strange. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's not that's funny. Character. But- it doesn't make sense. That's funny, but he's going to need a little bit more besides him being strange. Um, I'm strange, by the way. I'm strange from yeah. the guy who relies on squirrels to feel okay in life. Yeah. Not wrong. Yeah, I'm the weird one. That's right. <laughs> um, oh, Dr. Strange is pretty pe- uh, peculiar, uh, logical. Um, sees all the scenario, possible scenarios uh, and then acts accordingly. There we go. Okay. Oh, that was much nicer than just strange. Uh, and then we also found out that Jason is not, in fact, Iron Man. Uh, and Lauren said that I, in fact, was Tony Stark slash Iron Man, which I was surprised by. Uh, I was going for, as you all know, funny guy with the hammer. And now they've taken that away from me. So Tony Stark is monogamous. He's married. He's settled down. He's, and he's dead. <laughs> well, early that? Tony Stark was not monogamous or tied down or married. Um, funny guy, bag. So I don't know. I don't love that trait, but <laughs> but uh, sure, I'll take the the Tony Stark comp in our House of L Avengers. Is uh, but, what's her face, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? What's her face? Who? There is no what's her face. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was my point. Was why the, why open, the Iron Man hey, didn't hey, Tony, fit it's, for him. It's, it's, it's open casting for Gwyneth Paltrow. 
<laughs> I'm auditioning yeah. for the role. We're right. It'll be a TV role. series where a different person plays Pepper Potts every week. Pepper Potts each week. <laughs> that's that's funny. If the uh, same if the same character shows up again and it's like, oh shoot, whoops. So, but is is Maddie? I hate doing this. Like, is Maddie? Because I'm like, you never want to default. Like, oh, is Maddie the one of the two women in Avengers? You know, because if Maddie is the Hulk, then Maddie's the Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not putting roles on somebody, but I don't know who Maddie would be. So we got to figure that out at some point. Um, Jason, where are you currently, by the way? I'm at a farm in Western Pennsylvania. I'm so on a trip with my kids. Yeah. And so for everybody out there listening, what what made you decide to pack up the the, the car and take or did you are we doing the show now? Yeah, this was okay. Our, right. I was well. I mean, it's awkward now because you talked about it. But <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to Sports Adjacent. I was trying to make this sound as natural as possible, and Jason wants to ask if we're doing the show while we're recording our podcast. And uh, so, now that you know this is Sports Adjacent, I'm Russ Dorsey. That's Jason Leisure in we go. A Pennsylvania Farm, uh, and Tony Gill on the boards. So, what? And we are brought to you by Obvious Shirts. Obvious they've got, shirts. They've got shirts for us now. Sports adjacent Our shirts. Collection is up right now. Everybody's excited. We're yes. excited. Joe's excited. Uh, also, Obvious Shirts store coming to Wrigleyville, July 2021. Be looking out for that. Um, really excited. Use promo code adjacent10 to get your sports adjacent and other shirts online. With 10% off and free shipping. Yes, sir. I was going to say, so of all the places, Western Pennsylvania, <laughs> what made you uh, make that well, trip? I'm driving my kids, my 10-year-old and 7-year-old daughter on a week-long road trip to Western Pennsylvania to visit my stepdad and then down to North Carolina to visit some friends. And uh, we did the first leg of the trip yesterday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. We did the first leg of the trip Monday, eight hours from Chicago to Pittsburgh. And... Uh, I used to make that drive when I was a kid. It's a lot different now than it was 30 years ago. Cause these kids got the iPad. They've got all these movies pre-downloaded on there. It's a, the van minivans. I know neither of you owns a minivan and there's nothing cool about owning a minivan. At Let all. me just say that right now. When right. you hear some people try to like, be like, no, it's, it's cool. It's not cool, <laughs> but it is useful. I will give you that. It is very useful. Even you as a single person, Russ, would find that it's very useful. I mean, you can haul anything in that, including a bunch of luggage and kids and all their stuff. That was the my kids, vehicle for my first year of college was a minivan. Yeah. Well, we it were, was just like the family car that ended up in your hands. Yep. It was awful trying to pick up girls in, in a minivan, man. I feel like that wasn't the only problem. I mm, heard Jason. <laughs> I got no, treated don't, to don't let him do you like that. I'm in the nobody in the last 20 years, so you're good, bro. <laughs> you say that like it's a negative that I haven't oh, been no, dating anyone. Like, like, don't don't hate on my man's Tony's dating. Like Russ's life advice is be like, Jason, you really should get something on the side. <laughs> Never, Ashley. I didn't say it. That wasn't me. That's not what you I'm implied talking. it. You implied I it by insulting me for not having wife, dated anyone. And I don't want you to see anybody else. That is not what I recommend. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I don't want no smoke with Ashley. 
Russ has all this mess in your head. You know, you need to go go live with him then because you're not going to be living here. I don't want that conversation to happen. She'll be mad at you, not me. Nope. All right. And I can live with that. That doesn't really bother me. (laughs) Um, Riding in the front seat while the kids are watching movies in the back is interesting because most of these movies I don't watch. I'm not watching Disney movies anymore. Whenever I do sit and watch one of these movies with my kids at home, I actually enjoy it because I fall asleep. I get a really good nap during whatever it is. And I got treated on the way here to what the kids kept calling Mulanathon, which meant watching both Mulan movies. I, I, if we had kept, if the iPad hadn't run out of batteries, they might've kept watching them over and over and over again. And I don't know. Do you, have you guys seen those movies? Like the first Mulan one one and Mulan two. All right. So I'm, I don't, not the live action. Mulan 2 doesn't exist in my mind. So <laughs> Mulan 1 is one of the best okay. Disney movies of all time. Yeah. Thanks. They were completely different movies from what I could hear in the front seat. One seemed like it was about war and mm-hmm. two First seemed one. like it was like just infighting in a marriage or, a, or an engagement. Here's my thing. It went, it was one of it. Disney had that weird period where they had the straight to the straight to VHS DVD movies. And Mulan 2 was one of those. Oh, was it? That didn't go to the theaters? No. That had Eddie Murphy in it. Yeah, it was, I imagine it was a two-movie deal for Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> there can't be many Eddie Murphy movies that went straight to VHS or DVD, whatever it was at that point. Uh, Eddie has some in the late, the mid to late thousands that were not great. But no, they probably all went to theaters. Yeah. But um, yeah, Disney had that, that straight to DVD, straight to VHS window in the mid thousands and Mulan 2 was not one of their best Mm. the best straight to VHS straight to DVD Disney movie is the second goofy movie I I wasn't aware that existed until right now all right Uh, the first goofy movie this has been asking old person (laughs) um yeah so the second goofy movie is called an extremely goofy movie okay so goofy son flat it does. I'm t- see, that, that's why me and Tony are friends. Um, so Goofy son Max goes to college, right? And he's this super cool dude, wants to like live college life, um, be on the skateboarding team there. So he's unlike Goofy, his dad. Yeah, super unlike Goofy. Like Big he's departure. Cool. Okay. Right. Uh, complete 180. But it's one of those, if you have kids in that about to go to college range, it pulls on your heartstrings because like, oh, my gosh, like my kids are going away. And then Goofy, like, misses him so much. He j- enrolls. In- oh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie that came out 15 years ago, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, more than that. So Goofy enrolls in college because he misses Max so much. And then Max is pissed off. And then Goofy somehow gets on the skateboarding team. And it's a whole thing. So it's actually I know me and Tony try to recommend movies to you. I'd go watch it because it's actually a better movie than you might think. I still have not gotten through the second half of your last recommendation, by the way, which was National Treasure 2. I'm, I just have not, for some reason, been in the mood to start that up again and watch the second hour. That, that movie could have been done in a tight 45 minutes, I think. But anyway, <laughs> I, listening to Mulan 2, the one where they're fighting the whole time while they're engaged and arguing and everything, it, it frustrated me because I feel like these Disney movies over-dramatize relationships in a way that does not prepare kids for real life. I think they need to make these things more realistic. Like 
Simba doesn't want to listen to Nala because this is his time to drink Keystone Lights and watch the basketball game, something like that. Or like the dad of these 101 Dalmatians is a couple months behind on his child support. Or like Aladdin has heard enough about the girl at Jasmine's work. Like he's just done with those stories, you know, something like that. And just then blurts it out. Those would be more preparation for what, you know, years 10 to 15 of a long-term relationship might look like. So while you're, and so I'm assuming Ashley is driving when you're in the front seat or. You- oh, I've left out an important detail. I see. Yeah. She's not here. Yeah. Cause no. it made, you made it sound like you were just like yeah. me and the kids. I'm like, where's Ashley? So yeah. it's a Ashley free trip. Oh, I wouldn't term it that. I'm not uh, saying that. Like not I'm publicly, saying- I wouldn't term it that. <laughs> well, she's probably like, look, I got a Jason free and kid free. Oh, gosh. Uh, week. I mean, she's the one that's on vacation. Yeah, she's chilling. I'm having a nice time. I'm enjoying the trip with my kids. My kids are extremely pleasant as far as kids that you could take on a road trip and they don't fight and stuff like that. But uh, Ashley is the one that's on a vacation back at the house, time to herself for eight days. Yes. Dang. Good job, Ashley. I don't know how she finessed that one, but <laughs> shout outs to her. Um, you know what's funny, though, is like I've done this before. I've traveled with my kids before on my own and usually on a plane. I'm not a big road trip guy, but uh, when you're a dad and you're traveling with young kids, everybody treats you like you're a hero. You're doing the same thing that moms do every single day, all day. But when a dad does it, they're like, oh, you're such a good dad. Look at you bringing the kids on an airplane by yourself, like as though it was, it's just, that's so much more than could ever be expected of a man. There, yeah, people are lucky that you were able to put them in clothes and get them to the airport in time enough to make the flight. Yes. That's the low bar. You're right. And so it's partly, it's, it's nice everywhere you go to be treated like you're the president or something like that, but it's also a little insulting. Very, very much so. Very much so. Like it was, um, it would be considered a success that a dad made it all the way out here to Western Pennsylvania without leaving one of the kids at a gas station. You know, when we went down to the breakfast this morning, it was no, it was back to normal, but we're staying at a, at the lower rung hotel in the chain that I stay at because that was all we could find. We're in a small town. Like it wasn't even me being cheap. It was just, there's not a lot of hotels where we're at in Western rural, Western Pennsylvania right now. And, uh, we went down to the breakfast and they had a couple things. These places, this brand, this particular chain of hotel is hit and miss. Sometimes you go down there to the breakfast buffet and they got everything. Sometimes they got only a couple things. And this is one of the th- ones that only had a couple things. And uh, Anna, my seven-year-old daughter, likes to eat hard-boiled eggs, which I think is disgusting. <laughs> and they did not, ha- they, instead of fresh ones that they had just boiled in the kitchen, they had prepackaged ones and she learned an important lesson that you should never eat an egg out of a bag. I think that's just in general, good life advice. She took one bite of it and said that it, it was like what it would taste like to eat a fart is exactly what she said. One of those things that I listed about, uh, you know, some of the issues that come up when you've been married for a long time as a fictitious example for Disney movies, I actually did recently. This goes back to our conversation a few months ago about learning to filter things that are in your mind before they come out of your mouth. And my wife came in the kitchen and my, my wife is so, 
obsessed with dogs. Everyone in my house is obsessed with dogs, not except for me. I just basically tolerate it. And I, I was working on something and she comes in and they've been teaching the dog to go for runs, the younger dog. And she was like, do you think he actually likes going for runs? And I just, without even thinking, I just blurted out, I don't care. And uh, I had to quick backtrack off of that and be like, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I do care. I just uh, wasn't thinking about it at that time. Yeah, that I wouldn't, I wasn't, this, I wouldn't have done that one. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you can't control it. Let's play Ask a Young Person. It's time for your favorite game. All right. So my question on ask a young person this week is how do you use social media? Would you like me to be more specific? Yes, please. I can. So I, I, there's been two big events lately on social media. One, Russell changed his profile picture (laughs) And, and Tony put a photo of his girlfriend on Insta. Is it Insta? Should I say Insta or IG or the gram? It's IG or the gram. It's never Insta? No. I've heard people say that. So if if I hear someone saying that, I can laugh at them. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And so before you guys explain these things, um, I just want to say right right off the top, I'm sorry, because I I didn't get you anything for this. I don't have a gift. Um, What is the significance Firstly, and how do you decide to change your profile picture, Russ? Uh, well, I guess it start, it's twofold. So I, as Jason said, I, I, I didn't think this was newsworthy, but I oh, don't even it. act like you're embarrassed about this. You are zero <laughs> embarrassed. You, 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 that, you took the bet. You chose the best photo out of the 30 that were taken. Actually, there were two taken. And you got it looking as nice as it could. And you just couldn't wait. Don't even try to pretend like you're not excited about that. There were two taken. The best one's actually on my Instagram. The other one, which I also posted on my Instagram, is now my profile picture. They are muy caliente. I guess you could describe them that way. Amigo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. And I was just like, hey, I haven't updated my profile picture in a while. And it was me in a mask. So I'm like, all right, let's update it with the world opening up with me smiling because things are good so i just picked the photo and changed my profile picture things are good for now by the way delta variant coming back strong and there and it's it's unavoidable there's a surge coming there's nothing we can do about it except get the vaccine well i've got nine so i'm not i'm not worried about that part Tony, you put your girlfriend on a photo on Instagram. That was big Insta, news. Instagram, IG. Yeah. You put it on the IG. That's way more newsworthy than mine. <laughs> right. But yours was about you. So I thought you'd like talking about it. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. So yeah. now this is official. I mean, is this yeah. relative to an engagement ring? How official is this? This is like Maybe now. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's Social media. Man. Same. Same. Okay. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I mean, you have to ask, is this like when I propose to my wife, like, I got to be like, will you do me the honor of letting me put you on my IG? Um, or do you just do it? I think after a certain, a certain while you just do it and then you tell them afterwards. Uh, and, and then, then you see how that goes over. 
Yeah, it's usually like in in today's time, it's usually like oh, you did like what? Like it's it's they actually react like you proposed that again. What? What was that? No, you only get one. I just wanted I wanted Tony to do that. Uh, no, you did. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they but they actually act like you know it's a like you propose it. Like it's a big thing in social media because a lot of people want to you know hide their significant other for various different reasons. Uh, but for the young person, it's usually, well, I can't let all the other women that uh, I want to lay with know that I'm currently with somebody. So I will not show my girlfriend. I will pretend to be single. I feel like half of the ways that you describe relationships, the, just the terminology that you use, the phrasing mm-hmm. is like out of the book of Leviticus. <laughs> to lay with. Yes. To know. In the biblical sense. Right. <laughs> and he Russ, knew her. Russ, I found that I need to keep my Twitter profile picture and social media stuff like that updated because as I get older and aging is uh, unkind, I, I don't want my photo on my Twitter to look significantly better than I look in real life just because it's from five years ago. Because then people meet you and their first thought is like, oh, wow, way uglier than I looked online. You know what's funny about that? There's, it's underrated to have those kind of, to have your, you know, to even look maybe even a little better than your profile picture or at least have them even. At where you are in your life. Yes. I don't think anybody cares if you're uglier in person than you are on Twitter. Also, I don't think you're ugly. Oh, Two, I'm you. just like, who, why do you care if people think you're ugly in person if you're married? Well, that's, yeah, that's true. I just don't want people to be like, you know, that shocked by that. I look five years older and much more haggard in real life than my Twitter photo does, or my photo in the newspaper. Walking up, ooh, goddamn, Jason. Yeah, yeah. So like every two to three years, I got to get a new, I got to take a new one just so it, you know, reflects the effects of the aging. No, I think you're, uh, you're, I'm looking at yours right now. It's fine. It's fine. Fine picture. It's fine. It's not great. It's not horrible. It's fine. All right. It's fine. But no, I, I think, uh, you know, what's funny about Tony putting his girl on IG is it's been steps. So like he had her in a distance, in right, a like an extra in a movie, time. like just a passerby right, in the background. Quick cameo side of her face, very blurry. Or Does something. not even get a movie credit in the, yes. <laughs> at the end. Then this time he put a picture of her, but he put it on his IG story. So you can't go back and look if you go oh. on his IG right now, you can't. Okay. You're not going to see Tony's girlfriend. So he ain't slick. He he put her up there, but it was only for the 24 hours that the IG story was up. I, w- I think I would do it more if she had social media. Oh, like so she doesn't have any. She doesn't oh. have any social media, like whatsoever. That's right. And I haven't met her yet, but that's like one of my favorite things about her. My wife also doesn't have social media. And I think that the trains left the station on that, but... I think you could live a much happier life not being on social media whatsoever. That's why I have all these questions for you guys, because I don't live my life on social media. It's pretty much just for work. So I guess that eliminates my follow-up question, but you could answer it hypothetically just so I understand how this works in 2021, Tony. If she had Instagram, now then would like the ball be in her court that you got to see if she puts you on her Instagram and if she does, then it means something. And if she doesn't, that also means something. Yeah. 
yeah, if you're starting to post your significant other and they are also on social media and for some reason they aren't doing it after a while and it's a pretty significant relationship and there's an understanding between the two of you, you want to ask questions like, you know, are you hiding me or like, what's, what's the deal? Um, especially, especially when like there's a mutual understanding, like we are exclusive, we are together. We are trying to build something together. We should be able to share photos of each other at this point in time. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would ask some questions if, if it wasn't getting reciprocated. If Russ sees himself on someone sends a cease and desist. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Cause I was just about to say, that's actually uh that's pretty funny. Like Tony explaining that. Cause I, I do think I haven't been in anything significant in a while where it's just like, I'm on somebody's socials, but I think as a single person on the opposite end of the spectrum, it's just like, if you put somebody on your social or your IG story, it now it's, you're always getting a text like, yo, who is that? Like, <laughs> why can't I just have lunch with a friend and put that on IG? It's always has to be something. So that part's annoying, which is why I... <laughs> Just cut it. It just cut it. Because <laughs> you, you didn't say anything. What do you have? You ended there. I had more to say, but then you had this blank stare on your face. And then you were just like, no, no, no. Let's resume then. Let's resume. No, I, just, I, mean, I, I thought it was coming to a close. What else did you want to I was going to, well, I was going to say that's why it's just tough. You can't put, as opposed to wanting somebody to put you on their, your, their ID okay. as a single person, it's like you want to, you almost want to avoid it sometimes. And maybe it's yes. Like, because people ask me so often, ooh, who is that? It's just, it gets annoying after a while. So I'm just like, all right, I'll just save it. Well, it'd also be bad advertising for you, wouldn't it? No. Why can't I? See, it's just like, I, this is a You're trying to maintain your free agency here. I'm not worried about my unrestricted free agent status. All I'm saying is. Very unrestricted. I just go to lunch with a friend and have it on my IG. I love my friends. I love food. That's usually what I'm doing. And so it shouldn't always be this. Like, I'm telling you, when I'm saying it's always a text, it's two, three, four. Yo, who is that on your IG story? It's just like, man, stay at a grown folks business. Do you put pictures of you and I when we have lunch together or dinner together? Are there pictures of me on your Instagram that I don't know about? Uh, when you, Tony, and I went to our show dinner, I put that on IG. Nice. Yeah. Probably didn't get any texts asking who's that. Or maybe you did. Uh, less about you, more about Tony. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> Listen, man, everybody loves Tony Gill available on obviousshirts.com. If you want this shirt. What's up people. I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, 
But until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Work hard. Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib came out yesterday um, announcing on his Instagram that he was gay. And I think that's awesome. I think the coolest part about it, and we were just talking about it between segments, was just like it was super nonchalant. And it was just like, what's up, y'all? Just want to let y'all know that I'm gay. And Jason was just like, <laughs> it was just so matter of fact as if, I left my keys on the counter. Yeah, it was so casual. I forgot to get milk. It's like, you know what? I, uh, I forgot to pick up milk at the store today. I've been meaning to do it. Yeah, because he was just like, I've been this for a while. And right. <laughs> kind of just slipped. But uh, he becomes the first, uh, I guess, first active, active NFL player. Yeah, yes. to come out as, as gay. Um, but I didn't, I don't know if that was correct because Michael Sam was gay when he got drafted, correct? Yeah, I or think came out as gay when he just got drafted. So I don't know how that correlates. It's semantics. I mean, it, it, it doesn't neither one makes it less of a big deal. Right. Um, but no, I think that's great. And he also donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor Project, which helps prevent suicide from uh LGBTQ plus kids. So I think that's awesome. Um it's one of the things we're just like I, I think the, our world is constant, constantly evolving and should evolve and should be better. And I think if somebody lives their life and wants to you know, be who they are, I think they should be able to do that freely without ridicule um, from others in the outside world. And I think it's awesome in a sport like football that is this uber-masculine um, sport of testosterone and Oh, be a, a man and men and all this other stuff is just like in 2021, he felt comfortable to be like, you know what? This is who I am. And uh, I think that's awesome. And he got like a ton of support from people, players around the NFL. Um, he's also like a really good defensive end. Not that that matters, but like, I think people sometimes think, oh, Michael Sam wasn't great. And then he came out as gay and it was like, all right, that's why he's not in the NFL anymore. So I, I think it's cool. Like somebody who is a solid player in the NFL, um, who has staying power can feel comfortable enough to be like, all right, I think I can do this and not have to feel like I won't be in the NFL anymore or different things like that. So no, I think it was awesome. Um, there is yeah. some risk though with that. Very, very I, and so. I, I think he's probably aware that while society at large is accepting of this. The NFL culture might not be right right now. That, that might be a case he's under contract right now. He's under contract for at least the next this upcoming season. Um, and then they could, he could be cut after that, or he has another year on his deal for 2022. It'd be interesting to see once he's a free agent, whether the NFL has caught up to the rest of society and he does not have to pay a price for this because my suspicion is that the NFL is not nearly as ready as the rest of society. An NFL locker room is a much different place 
than what you encounter in a lot of the world. I think there will be some guys that are very accepting of it, but uh, he, he will, there will be a cost to this, him to this for him. Most likely. I I agree with you. Maybe I said, I think um, as we've seen with a lot of things in the NFL, what the league is and is not ready for. um, They're a more of a slower moving league. And as far as change and they're one of those like wait and see, like, would you agree with that? Like, Oh, let's see what other people do. All right. We'll do something now um, as a league. And I think he like Carl Nassib knew that going in. Like he's, he's seen what happened with Michael Sam, right? He's seen what's happening yeah. with other athletes who have come out in various sports, um, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think it get, comes down to a point where it's, I don't care, you know, and I think that's great. And to feel comfortable enough to know like, Hey, I could lose it all. And you know what? I want people to know this. I want my friends and family to know this. I want people to not feel other NFL players who are like, might be gay and like, feel like they have to live behind this curtain of who they really are. I think, you know, shout out to Carl for that. Cause I think that helps what he did yesterday helps yeah. a lot of people past today and tomorrow and yesterday like it, it it's going to help people far beyond you know what we might think of in the short term and long term like who that helps i think is really important and while i've never been in the position in this position whatsoever in mm-hmm. any facet of my life i can sympathize with and grasp what it must be like to feel that you have to hide who you are every single day coming into the locker room and you you know you have to live a much different, much more careful life than everybody else. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to Carl Nassib. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and I feel like that's really important in just terms of our society and people being able to feel like they can be who they are is really important in all facets of life. Um, not just that, you know, for the fact that Carl's a, an NFL athlete, right? I think, just for somebody to see that and be like, man, like Carl took it upon himself to show the world, like, this is who he was. Like I can do that too. And so I think that's, that's great um, for our world going forward. Is the NFL and the NFL audience really going to in uh, embrace this? Um, You mean like uh, fans? Like how many times is this going to be like a talking point? when the Raiders play on national TV, how many tweets do you think we're going to see of people reacting to it? Like how, how big, once the season gets going and football is back, like how do you guys think people are going to react to it? Twitter comments are one thing. Twitter comments are sewage. I mean, that doesn't really matter. I don't think. I think to answer Tony's question, I think I understand what you're saying because I remember when Michael Sam um came out there it was def- it was definitely it had definitely become a talking point where it's like anytime he w- appeared anytime the the rams played like that was a thing yeah and i think i think it is a big deal like i never i don't want that to go yeah i think that it's a very big deal um to have a, a 
player in the NFL, actively in the NFL, um, come out, I think is important. And I do think it's something to be talked about. But I also get the side where it's just like, if you're Carl Nassib, you're just like, hey, I, yeah, I want that to be talked about. I want people to feel like to be comfortable with who they are. But also, I do love playing football and I want to talk about football. I, so I get that side of it, of that argument too, where it's like, all right, at what point are you making it a talking point? And now you, you don't really actually care about this. It's just something to talk about and, um, you know, to feel space. So I don't know the answer to that question, honestly, Tony. Um, I think that's something that we're going to have to be in wait and see mode for, but after after what I saw with Michael Sam, I'm not confident that it's just going to be this smooth transition all of a sudden. Because the hope the hope is right is like this is how I reacted to it. I saw it. I I saw his Instagram video. I read the, uh, his you know statements, his mm-hmm. notes that he posted uh, about why he did it and all that. And I was like, okay. Yeah, but you're not you're not a but I mean but that company is company or yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But the goal is right that people be like, okay, cool. yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 watch football. Let's see how you yeah, I hear you. It, I hear it shouldn't you. be like this grandiose thing anymore. Yeah, I get, I I understand what you're saying you know what there. Saying? Um I I just don't think multimedia companies think that way. And it's just like I'm I'm not a part of the LGBTQ plus community, so I can't say what somebody would or like that community would want as far as this goes. Mm -hmm. I do think it would be like, hey, this is an an important thing where an athlete in one of the four major sports and maybe the most hyper masculine of those sports can feel like they can come and say, look, this is who I am. At the same time, I would also imagine that they would want it to be as normal as possible as far as like the coverage of that, where that does not become the only thing, right? Where Carl's career doesn't become, Hey, Carl's gay. Oh, and he also plays for the Raiders. Like, I don't think that's the goal at all. And I think that's what in in hearing your question and uh, like us talking through it in real time, I think that would be my concern. Like, I don't want it to become, Hey, Carl's gay. Oh, and he also played defensive end for the Raiders. It's like, no, Carl's a really decent defensive end for the Raiders. Oh, and he also came out as gay. That's dope. And like, move on. I would assume he probably wants by week three or four for that to just be normalized and not brought up anymore in the broadcast, I would assume. Right. And, but he's probably prepared for, for to like talk about it for much longer than that. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's part of like goes into the decision to, to do this and do it publicly and um, to do it how he did it. But no, I, I, I think, like you said, Tony, I think the point is to evolve as a society where it shouldn't be like shocking or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, also, I think go ahead. I was say, we're also still waiting for a, a superstar athlete to come out and then see the reaction because it's it's people can still kind of rationalize well you know we're not going to see him a whole lot on the fringe you know then it's fine but i'm talking like and and i'm not going to use names because i want to disparage or you know misinterpret anybody but an an elite athlete 
an all pro player right. or I mean all just NBA in general all stars like, an MVP or something like that. How how do you think people react to that? I don't I don't I don't have the answer for you. Um and I don't know where we are as a society because I think some days I think we're farther along than we are and the other days I don't feel that way. So um yeah, I, I and I think that in a lot of people's minds, people who might be battling this decision to go, I think that goes into it. Like, yeah, we should be farther along as a society, but I don't think we're there. So, um, but no, you make a good point. Like, I, I don't know where that, um, where that happens when that happens. And, you know, it hasn't happened in 2021. So, yeah, who knows when we'll we'll see that. And I, I think that's um but I imagine that day's coming very soon. And when it does, great. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call Which is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Russ, everything's fine now with the Bears. Everything's fine. Uh, But two years ago, things were not fine. You're familiar with the show Hanging with Hurt on NBC? (laughs) Yes. Matt Nagy was a guest on there, and he told Frank Thomas that the Bears believed they were going to the Super Bowl in 2019 and wobbled under the weight of those expectations as they crashed to 8-8. Tony, can you read the quote? That can we do? Can we do a reading segment where you? Uh, oh, a segment just, within a segment. Can Inception. You the, can you read him the Matt Nagy quote so he can be horrified by it like I was? Yeah, sure. And now, Tony Gill reads. Ah, uh, guys, uh, nice to be back. Uh, I have my glasses on. Uh, I am ready to do another segment of Tony Gill reads where I read. Damn it. Hey, 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 hey. That's what I'm saying, Jason. Just let him do it. Just read it. Just read the damn <laughs> quote, Tony. <laughs> this is not a whole separate podcast when you read something. Just play the imaging and read the quote. That's it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and now, Tony Gill reads. <clears throat> Ah, guys, thanks a lot for uh, bringing me back. This is uh, Glasses Tony Gill, and I'm ready to read, as I do. When we went 12-4 and and won the NFC North, man, it was rocking. It was awesome. Going into 2019, there were these expectations from everybody, from the league, from the city, from our own players, and I think we didn't handle that real well, including myself. We didn't play as well. We went eight and eight and didn't make the playoffs. What, what does that even mean, Russ? He's the coach. This is why he didn't call run plays? It's because the expectations were right. too high? Why like, you what, 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 what are we talking about? And ran the ball seven times because of expectations. Get out of here with that, man. Come on. This is the kind of high school stuff that nobody wants to hear from him anymore that people kind of liked in 2018. But it, it, yeah, it works it, when you're that, winning. Exactly. Yeah. Like it sounds like creative cute plays. You got a Keem Hicks in the backfield that only works when you're winning games. 
We all like the Friday night lights stuff when you're going 12 and four, but not when you're uh, getting outscored 298 to 280 over the course of the season, fourth fewest points in the NFL, by the way, you can get an everything's fine shirt at obvious shirts. Now that's one of our, what would you call that? Russ? Like our suite of t-shirts, our collection. Thank you. Um, And that shirt's great because you can wear it when things actually are going fine and mean it, or you can wear it when things are a complete dumpster fire, like they were in 2019. And it's sarcastic and ironic and cutting to the bears. And soon we're going to evolve. Everything's fine. And it's going to go beyond the bears and become a national or where we just, just pick a team could be college, could be pro and start yeah. talking about their uh, terrible, terrible happenings. Well, I like that idea. The bears might not let you, the bears might come up with so many come things back. every if, week. If we, gotta, if we gotta throw back to the original, we'll throw it back to the to the OG version. When they hit week one and Andy Dalton's out there throwing for 214 yards and an 88 passer rating, the Bears might not let you might not make room for those other teams. But do you want to try it out right now? Do you want to give it a shot? Do you want to try do, it out right now? Do you have one maybe from uh, from a team outside of Chicago? We're gonna pretend Tony just played the everything's fine national version, unless he has it. He doesn't have it. No, he's not. Oh, okay. You're making uh, the old assumption that he was prepared for this. Yeah, you asked for a lot there. Come on, guys. One, one thing at a time. Let's I try it and just two weeks ago. What does it usually say, Tony? Does it say a Chicago Bears segment? Yeah. So we'll just let's just like, you know, duct tape over it on this one and just like you drop in later that it says sports or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Now it's time for sports segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. So our national everything's fine for this week. Come from the the lovely city of brotherly love, Philadelphia where recently the Philadelphia 76ers were bounced from the playoffs by the Atlanta Hawks in a awesome seven-game series. But you know somebody who did not have an awesome seven-game series, Jason? Who, Russ? That is $167 million man, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had an awful series against the Hawks. You want to know uh, how many points Ben Simmons scored in the fourth quarter of seven games? Oh, seven games had to have gotten at least eight points per quarter. I'm going to say 55 points. Incorrect. In seven games in the fourth quarter, the primary ball handler for the Philadelphia 76ers went three of three from the field for a grand total of six points. I don't understand this guy. I, I can't, and I don't mean in a negative way. It's like, I just, tr- I literally don't understand in a what game, Ben Simmons is a as a player because he looks really good. In a game seven with their season on the line, Ben Simmons went two or four from the field for four points. And it also, he was shooting under 40% from the free throw line during the series. Never been a good free throw shooter, but now it had taken a turn where what he was doing to become an all-star caliber player, driving the basket, you know, averaging yep. 14 and 10, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't even doing that. And during the a 
pivotal moment in the game where the, the Sixers are down by two. He had a wide open dunk. And instead of at 6, 10, 6, 11, going up and dunking the ball, like 99% of players in the league would have done, he spins free lane and passes it to a player who was defended by two guys. They turn the ball over and then the, the Hawks go down and score. So it's just like, it's, it's the, the, the writings on the wall, everything you heard from, whether it was Joel Embiid after the game, whether it was Doc Rivers after the game was just like, yeah, I don't know where this Ben Simmons thing is going. Um, And Doc was asked straight up, is Ben a point guard on a championship caliber team? And he said, I don't know the answer to that question. And I just think it's it's crazy that this is not a young player we're talking about anymore in the grand scheme of basketball. He's four years in. He's 24 years old. He's four seasons in. In life, he's young. But in basketball, this is his fifth. This was his fifth season. In, in this the, was his fifth season? Yeah, because he came in, in at uh, 19. Oh, I think he sat out a season or something. Oh, no, no, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the injury. Yes. So his fifth season in the NBA. And the thing that yeah. everybody said, all right, he'll get better at. He'll get better at. He'll get better at. He's in fact not gotten better at and actually gotten worse in a lot of ways and regressed offensively to the point where now in a game seven, in the closing minutes of a game seven, you a guy you gave $167 million to and you thought was going to be your second superstar on what you hoped was a championship caliber team is on the bench. You they just gave him that money, by the way. They he signed through 2024-2025. Tony, if you're a team like the Bulls that has all, like, nothing, Let's not basically, do, Please, do you God. want him? There are a lot of good things about his game. Do you think do, – does somebody want him and think they can fix him? Uh, I know the Bulls know because the only way they can make that trade work is they tra- if they trade Zach Levine, uh, and that would defeat the purpose of the entire trade. Exactly. Um, but anybody else, I mean, I could see it, but you may have to attach like a first round pick to him. Mm-hmm. Um, All that money, man. Yeah. That's a lot of money to take on for a dude that went two or four in a game. Seven. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of issues with that player. And it's not like off the court really. It's just, he, you're not getting everything you need from a player making that much money. And it's crazy because he's a three time all-star. Like, that's insane that these issues – and personally, I think there's a serious mental block with him. Oh, yeah, he has the yips. Right. It, it, Absolutely it has, has the yips. And He took 10.1 shots per game this year, the lowest of his career, and the same number of shots that Doug McDermott takes. He, he finished 82nd in field goal attempts per game. When you're as talented as he is, that's indicative of a big problem. Absolutely. He's only taking 10 shots per game. Absolutely. And then so to, to in a comparison, he had four sh- four points, went two or four in a game seven in the Eastern Conference semifinal. Cameron Payne had to start for Chris Paul for the Phoenix Suns. And Cameron Payne had 11 and nine. You're telling me that Ben Simmons can't get to 10 points in a game seven? But Cameron Payne coming off the bench can have a great game like that for the Suns and, and their win in the Western Conference final. No, come on, man. You can't do that. And I, it's not to like knock like you don't want to pour on Ben because I I imagine he is dealing with a lot mentally like Tony talked about. But at the same time, it's just like as You're a player, not. as a player in the NFL, that's I mean, in a NBA that's had that many expectations from the time he was number one overall pick 
time playing with the Sixers for the last five years and to not improve your game when you knew that was that's the only issue in his game. Mm-hmm. But it's become such a big issue now. It's affected everything else to now where somebody who should probably be a top 10 player in the NBA, people are like, eh, I'm good on him. He is a point guard. He is a 6'11 point guard. And I think part of the expectation is you're not used to looking at somebody that size and of that skill level as a point guard. And this came up, it's not apples to apples, but this did come up with LeBron earlier in his career with him being what people said was reluctant to take shots. And I think his counter argument either was or would have been at the time that that's not the type of player he was, that he was playing, LeBron was basically a point guard role. And I think Ben Simmons is trying to play a point guard role, but you're also expecting him to be a killer as, as a scorer. And that just might not be what he, how he's wired, but his skill, but with LeBron, what LeBron did, LeBron was still taking almost 20 shots a game. 21. Yeah, he, it's not the same. And he, and you know, Ron has been what he needed to be on whatever team he was on. So he, and he improved, has figured out what each that, team needed and improved that part of his game as his career went along with Ben. He, there's been no improvement, whether from yeah. the free throw line or the three point line, there's been zero, no improvement. Actually things have gotten worse and regressed. So I think that's the separator here. And I think you, the Sixers are in a situation where it's just like, we have a depreciating asset now and, his value is the lowest it might ever be. And so now when think about, all right, what value can we get for Ben Simmons? It's like, I don't know. I'm, I imagine there are going to be some teams that would bite on that and think they can fix him. But the I Knicks think are at, always the end there. Of the day, at the end of the day, it's on Ben Simmons to say, all right, I have to fix this. I have to become a better shooter. I have to become a better player to be not only the player this team needs me to be, but to be the player that I, a, my, my potential would allow me to be. Because other than that, it's going to be um, a sad story at the end of the day for one Benson. He, he goes to $33 million next year, Russ, then 35, 38, and 40. He's, he's set to make $40 million in the 2024-25 season. He'll be 28. And, you know, things – you, you seem like you'd write him off right now. Like, he's not fixing this. It's not the – I want to write him off because I do think there's a lot of things he does really well. But – I am not paying $40 million for a player that's going to score four points in a game seven. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. I had a couple other things from the NBA playoffs. I want to, do you guys ever listen to NB, NPR on the radio? WBEZ in Chicago? I did not. I love that station because they bounce from random things all over the place to like serious politics, to some bizarre, obscure story uh, about a lady that helps three-legged cats or whatever. Um, but I do like when they talk about sports because it's it's clear, it's so obvious that that's not in their wheelhouse, but they want to cover it sometimes. So they were talking about uh, all the injuries in the basketball playoffs in the segment, and they started, they literally started the segment by uh, some talking something about the Clippers, and the guy introduced it as though the audience would not know that uh, now – now, Los Angeles has a second basketball team called the Los Angeles Clippers. That's funny. just to preface that for everybody. Like, hey, I everybody, if you weren't, if you didn't know, this other team exists in Los right. Angeles. And LeBron James, um, they call him the king. He's he's not an actual monarchy per se, <laughs> but it's stuff like that. But I, I did not watch the series that you were talking about. I don't think I caught a game of that. I uh, just was too busy. But I did watch game seven of Bucks Nets 
on Saturday night and game one of Suns Clippers on Sunday. And I needed a cigarette after both of those games. Those were fun. The Suns Clippers series got off to a quite a start without even the stars on each team, without Chris Paul or Kawhi. Well, I called Devin Booker star, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I I hear you. I hear you. He was amazing. I think we've been treated to some really good basketball and with from without having a blue blood bull Celtics Lakers um, type of team involved. I don't, I haven't missed and I haven't missed that. Like not having LeBron in the playoffs has not bothered me. Like what Kevin Durant did in that series against the bucks, spectacular all time stuff. Um, the shot he made to send that game in overtime yeah. that if he wears a size 17 instead of size 18, <laughs> wins the game. like right. that's a all time legendary type of shot that we'll remember for much longer, even though they lost that series. Like we've been treated some really good basketball. He, I felt so bad for him after that shot. than the shot he had at the very end where it's like, that's not even Kevin Durant shooting. Yeah, it was like, he was point. so it was Kevin Durant. That's Kevin Durant, who's played 53 minutes of nonstop, you know, primary, if not only scoring option on that team that night. Uh, Just nothing left. Just nothing left at all. Kansas City Chiefs defensive end, Frank Clark. No, no, no. Do it like a newscaster, man. Do it like a newscaster. Hold on. Let me get my... And today in weapons news, go ahead. Today in weapons news, we have Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was arrested after authorities pulled him over in his Lamborghini truck with an Uzi in the front seat. Now, I'm going to say this. Frank Clark, great defensive end, all pro, one of the best defensive players in the NFL currently. You get to the point where it's not just having the weapon. Like, I don't care about that. But it's like when you feel like you have to travel with that type of weaponry, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, why? Who are you hanging around where you need an Uzi on you? You need that thing on you at all times when you're traveling in your Lamborghini truck. Like, you can afford private security that are holding weapons like you can afford that at that Frank Clark level and I think we just see so many players get caught up in this whole weapons thing man and it's not like you can't have a registered firearm that's not it but you you have players getting these situations now where they're being pulled over they're being arrested for these weapons charges and sometimes it's just like I think you you can get yourself you get yourself out of those situations by just saying, all right, I'm gonna hire security from now on. Like I'm not I'm not gonna be the one that carries the weapon because you know what that brings as the superstar athlete, right? And then you start getting into this carrying weapons and carrying them across state lines, and and that's a big one where like you have a rep weapon that's registered in one state, but you drive into another state where it's not registered, and now you have those all those different issues. Um, that's one thing. But then I think the major thing for me is like when you feel like you can't go outside without having this on you, that's an issue. And when you it's just like you have to get to a place where 
you have people around you that can protect you where you don't have to be the one with the fire on them. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have a fire on them at all times. So I think that's why like this is a serious, serious issue. I don't own any Uzis. Mm. Not even a little Uzi? Not even a little Uzi, no. Mm. no. Do you know who and I live Uzi? a perfectly happy life. I mean, you barely you don't get you don't get into fights anyway. So I, if you're not keeping no fire on you, I'm happy you got your hands on you at all times. Um, and you probably don't want to keep those on you. Only weapons I need are right here, buddy. <laughs> Been inactive for a while. They they're on, keep them in the holster, buddy. Um, but no, I just but, uh, like you, like rest on a, on a more on a more serious note. Like a lot of these athletes come from nothing, and they I know. Frank Clark was homeless. Right. They want to they want to protect, you know, what they have accrued, you know, over their, you know, careers. I get it. So I, I to a degree, I understand them feeling that, look, I I feel like I'm a target. I'm a walking lick. <laughs> like I refuse to let somebody, you know, take what I have uh, gained, you know, through my hard work. So I get them wanting to have the element present. <laughs> I understand wanting to protect yourself. And I feel like people should protect themselves. And I do think, like you said, athletes who have come from the got it out the mud. I get it. I understand that mentality. I also understand wanting to protect yourself. At the same time, you're driving in a Lambo truck, bro. That, that's a target in and of itself. And then to have the... like to have the hammer in the front seat. Right. And then like, yes, the mentality of I have to protect what's mine. Totally get that. But there comes a point where as you grow and as Frank Clark has grown in the NFL, grown in status and become an all pro type of player that has to change. Like I understand it doesn't happen overnight, but he's not like a, a rookie. You know, Frank Clark is an established player in the NFL and it's just like you have to get yourself to a point in time where you can say, all right, I don't need I'm not in the hood no more. I think a lot of guys are just like, man, like it never you're in these nice places, in these fancy hotels, in these nice homes. But in your mind, you're just like, man, I'm still in the hood. And so, like, it takes a mentality change in that regard where it's just like, all right, I don't have to be the person like I'm not walking down the street trying to protect myself anymore like and so i think it the and it, you see it in not just in sports but like in music where it happens all the time weapons charges and different things like that where it's just like when you're you, if you're at this point where you feel you need to have this on you you can and all these people can pay for private security and you can have look if i need 10 dudes around me at all time that's all holding that thing that's cool. Cool. Do it. Protect yourself. But when you as the athlete are the person doing it, I think that's where the issue comes in. Not saying that you can't have a firearm that's concealed or depending on what state you live in, but as long as it's registered. But I think the main thing is when you can afford, like all these guys can, the private security to take this, take it, just take it out of your hands to get that off of your mind, to, to feel like you don't have to have that burden anymore. Just do that. Where do you keep your hammer, Russ? 
Well, Russ, we have a long list of things we didn't get to today. I We got to a lot, so I'm interested to hear what we did not get to. Well, we talked about epic disappointment Ben Simmons on the other end of that scale. 22-year-old Trey Young, first time in the playoffs. Uh, first two rounds, 29.1 points per game, 10.4 assists. He has been everything you would have wanted him to be in the playoffs and more. And Shout it's out to fun Ice watching Trey. him go against Milwaukee. What was Absolutely. that? I said, shout out to Ice Trey. Do you know that his name actually is Trey? T-R-A-E. It's not. A lot of times if somebody's named Trey, it's just because they're Russell Dorsey the third or something and they get called Trey. But his name actually is Trey. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Are you familiar with all these? Because I didn't know these until a, maybe a couple of years ago that like Chip means junior. Yeah. If someone's name is Trip, they're probably actually so-and-so the third. Correct. I have a friend, one of my good friends in college, uh, his, we call him Trey T R E. Yeah. But his real name was Harley. So I understood why they called him Trey, but yeah, I, with Trey young, it's once you have the a in there, you're like, Oh, okay. This is a thing. It could just be a creative spelling. Skip is where it's a grandfather and a grandson. Cause it skipped a generation. Mm-hmm. I'm with the- <laughs> Tony. What, what level of Anthony Gill are you? Tony, are you junior or are you more than that? Uh, my dad doesn't have a middle name, and I have my grandfather's name as my middle name. Oh, so you're not actually a junior? I am not a junior. Okay. Um, if you want to catch the virus that we've all spent two years trying to avoid, Bill's wide receiver, Cole Beasley, can help you with that. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau, do you know that name, Russ? When I say Bryson DeChambeau, do you know who Yes. Brooks Kepka hates him. There you go. See, Russ, you know some golf. That's a good <laughs> golf name, by the way. Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau. Or Bryson DeChambeau I, is you know, a good name. One because Bryson DeChambeau is a good name. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau was one shot back Sunday after nine holes at the U.S. Open, and then shot a 44 on the back nine and finished 26th place. Do you want to know what the difference in prize money is from where he was second place to 26th place? It'll probably make my stomach hurt. What is it? It's still, it's still not a bad haul. Second place gets you 1.4 million. 26th place gets you 87 grand. Damn. Thriller's got to uh, have them box it out. I will pay for that fight. What, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Koepka? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd pay for that too. Yeah, I, w- I would want to see that. Thriller. You want them fighting like with golf? Thriller on Thriller. Nine iron too? <laughs> Yo, that would like add some. That would add they both hit each other in the head at the same time? <laughs> that would that element, the thriller yeah. on Triller. Thriller should just be the place where celebrities actually want to go and fight. No, it is. I think Triller is that place now. Like I, mean, I never heard of this. What is this? Triller is a um a social media app. So the fight between um Roy Jones and Mike Tyson was on Triller. Okay. Is it like versus, uh, but for fighting? Correct. And yeah. so then, like, that's the one where, like, the undercard for the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight was uh, Nate Robinson and Jake Paul. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. You know, um, but I do think they're becoming that. And I think more people like Lamar Odom was in a fight. Mm-hmm. They were the him and him and Aaron Carter, the pop star, were the yeah. undercard for uh, Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. 
So anybody can just get together and fight on what is it called again? Trilla? Triller. 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 Okay. Uh, Steph Curry. Are you familiar with Steph Curry, Russ? I, I have heard the name. In high school, did you know that he was five foot six, 130 pounds? Yes. That's crazy. That's why his story's so amazing, man. Oh, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Foxx's real name is Eric, Eric Bishop. Bishop. How do you know all these? Every because time I'm, I'm like, maybe this is one he doesn't know, and you always know it. You knew Whoopi Goldberg's real name. I'm, I'm a bright dude, Jason. Okay, but do you know why? I think you read the internet a lot, but do you know why? <laughs> Jamie Foxx's name is one I knew because I liked Jamie Foxx for a long time. Do you know why he picked Jamie Foxx? Please tell the, the fine folks. You know. I, I know, but... Well, the, when he was coming up as a stand-up comedian, he found that he was having trouble getting called up under his given name, and he noticed that women comedians were getting called up first and more often. So he used several kind of gender neutral names. He used Tracy Brown, Stacy Green, and the one that stuck was Jamie Foxx. Mm, good one. It's a good stage name. It's interesting. It's one of the better stage names out there. Also, uh, Jamie Foxx, one of the top five most talented human beings in the history of human beings. Agreed. Scientists he might be top two and he's not two. Go ahead, Jason. No, if you have a list of news, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just agreeing with my man, Tony. Scientists discovered a species of dinosaur in Australia that's two stories tall and the length of a basketball court. Okay. And this is the part where I would, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do this. Tony, do your reading segment for this. I'm going to enjoy you trying to read this. Uh, yes. And now, Tony Gill reads. All right, from NPR. Australian Cooperness. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself, bro. Is now a new species of a type of dinosaur. <sighs> called Get him a Gatorade. Which had long necks and tails, as well as four legs and eight plants. The researchers say the new species is closely related to three other sauropods found in Australia that date to the same period. We found that Australotitan was the largest in the family, followed by Wintonatitan with big hips and long legs, whilst the two smaller sauropods Diamantinosaurus <laughs> and Savannasaurus were shorter in stature and heavily set, said scientist Scott Hocknell. <sighs> Jason, you're mean for that. He deserved it. Go take a break, Tony. And finally, Russ, uh, Los Angeles is now overrun by peacocks, and you'll be fined $1,000 or get six months in jail for feeding them on the street. I love how I always know the rundown's over when there's a uh, an animal thing. We just covered all the important news. Uh, we love having you guys here. Don't forget to go on Obvious Shirts. You can pre-order our collection of shirts. Yeah. We, need you, we need you guys to listen and subscribe on iTunes. Rate us, tweet us. You can follow the show on Twitter, by the way, at, uh, I don't know, what it, what is it, Russ? At Sports, sports Jason. What sports we? at Sports underscore Jason. Just 
just search it. You'll find it eventually. We put all kinds of video clips on there. If you're someone that doesn't really use Twitter and only listens to our show, you can find video clips from the show on there all the time. Do you have something you want to add about the obvious shirts? Oh, I was going to say uh, there's a shirt for everybody on there. If you are a fan of Tony Gill, he has a shirt up there. I don't know why we did it, but I the numbers are going to be through the roof, I can imagine. Uh, but there are a lot of fun shirts over there. Don't forget, use promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off free shipping on your order at Obvious Shirts. Uh, we're really happy to have this partnership with Joe. And... He froze. See you Thursday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Oh, who has the bad Wi-Fi now? Still you. <laughs> You're at your house. You're still at home. You. You're at home. It's still you. It is. I'm at a farm. That was hilarious. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.